0: What the hell is the name of this thing? It's Wayne's World. The award-winning Evan Grant. I can't even count anymore on my finger. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Kevin Sherrington, Sherrington, clown number one. Barry Horn. He tried to get
1: me in mid-shoe.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome into another fascinating edition of Ballsy, the Sports Day podcast that you can find on Facebook and also on Twitter at Ballsy Podcast,
1: Kevin. If people are listening, they know where to find it. They've already known where to find it.
0: I'm just doing what I was told to do. Wow. The bosses said, "Make sure you plug this thing somewhere on there." I'm Kevin Sherrington. I'm
1: Barry Horn, and with us in tropical, beautiful Boca Raton, Florida, is David. Say hello, there. David. This is where you say your name. Oh, I, I thought
2: this was the part where fascinating comes to an end.
0: <laughs> David Moore. David, what, our, our, our lead Cowboys rider, David, how's it going there?
2: A little cool today, a little uh, about 20, 25 miles an hour wind out of the north uh, in the lower 60s. Little little chilly here for uh, Floridians.
1: What are you doing there?
2: I'm here for the league meetings. Thank you for asking.
1: Ah. And what's going
0: on at the league meetings right now?
1: obviously nothing he's talking to
0: us yeah that's true
2: <laughs> exactly nothing at all so no they just broke in they uh uh they opened the meetings on sunday evening at uh six o'clock with the opening session and then they went back in uh, earlier this morning they'll break uh around lunchtime or so today before they go back into meetings again
1: t- tell us about what what are the cowboys doing there are they, are they going to do anything at the meetings because they certainly haven't done doesn't appear that they've done very much uh in free agency
2: you don't consider signing one person from another team and uh, as you enter the third week of free agency, addressing some of your needs.
1: Is that necessarily a bad thing, that the only player that they've uh, signed is uh, defensive tackle Cedric Thornton? Uh, are they keeping their powder dry?
2: <laughs> yes, they have Keep a lot of dry powder, powder at the moment. Yeah, there are
0: mountains of powder back there.
2: <laughs> but uh, it's interesting because uh, the – The contingent and all the people who make the decisions are here in Boca Raton, while the Cowboys have two players visiting back at Valley Ranch today who actually came in uh, on Sunday, and uh, Patrick Robinson and also Alfred Morris. Uh, Those guys are at Valley Ranch, got in on Sunday, are visiting with position coaches today. Uh, Jason Garrett spoke to them by phone. uh, Didn't meet with them personally, but talked to them by phone, I was told, somewhat extensively. Uh, before he left for Florida. And if they determine they want to proceed forward with one or both of those guys as far as signing them, uh, they can do that from here. Uh, Everyone's on the same page about whether they want them. If those guys are on the same page financially with what they're being offered, uh, then I think you could see something executed with one or both of those players from here. But again, this has been uh, this has been a different free agent sort of season for the Cowboys because you've had players come and go without receiving offers, and, and normally you haven't seen that with the Cowboys in the past.
0: So, David, who if, if everybody is in Florida, who's working out these guys? Who's 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 got who's got an eye on them here?
2: Well, position coaches. Uh, with Alfred Moore, he'll be meeting with the you know the running backs coach. Uh, uh, Rod Marinelli is still back. Uh, in Dallas Uh, this is just the head coach uh, front office GMs, owners uh, are all here but uh, the rest of the football staff other than the head coach is uh, is back at Valley Ranch so they'll be doing that and uh, Will McClay uh, who's their personnel guy will be the point person on everything he stayed back as well so he'll put them through everything Uh, they'll do the physicals uh, see how they look talk to them I uh, had dinner with the coaches last night, uh, continue to meet with them again today, and then uh, they get their feedback here on that. And uh, they've already determined whether or not uh, what they will offer if they check out medically and uh, what they're willing to pay and, and what their negotiating wiggle room is. So if uh, if it's a positive meeting on, on the players' end, then I, I think you could, you could possibly see some action and, and that number of one signing could grow. Uh, here within the next 24 to 48 hours. And
1: where and where would these guys fit in? Where would Alfred Morris and Patrick uh, Robinson fit in?
2: Well, Alfred Morris is interesting because if they sign him, then I, I think you, you get into a situation, and I know we talked about this on one of the previous podcasts, where if you get Morris in to pair with McFadden and you signed Lance Dunbar, re-signed him last week, I think you're looking at a scenario where you say, you know what? Maybe we wait one more year for our young running back. Uh, maybe uh, if we're deciding here between a, 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 maybe a linebacker that can start on the strong side and a running back here in the second round, we're going to go linebacker. If we have another uh, decision to make in the third round, maybe maybe we'll take the quarterback there instead of the, uh, the running back. So I, I think it, if they do sign Morris, I, I think it, it casts a bit of suspicion on whether or not they will definitely – Uh, use a high pick on a running back. As far as, uh, you know, Robinson, if they do him, uh, I think the next shoe to drop on that very quickly will be they will go back to Brandon Carr. They will say, look, uh, we asked you to take a pay cut last year. Uh, You didn't do it. Uh, We're asking you to take a pay cut again. The difference is this year if you don't, we're going to release you. So I I think if you see a cornerback sign, if you see Robinson sign, the, the next... The next logical step from that will be that they will go to Brandon Carr and say, look, uh, we feel we have the leverage now. We still want you on this roster, but we want you to pay for, play for this. If you don't play for this, uh, we're going to release you.
0: You know, I don't have any problem at all with them uh, uh, making that kind of uh, a stand with Brandon Carr. I, I think he, I think he's even though he hasn't really put up any numbers, I think he's been a decent cornerback. Uh, but I, but certainly not for twelve million dollars or whatever his cap hit would be this year, thirteen million dollars this year. But I want to go back to no, the he's whole-
2: a very solid guy. And Kevin, real quickly, I, I think bring up the point: all the Cowboys fans who are frustrated with their lack of uh, movement in free agency this year. If you want to blame Brandon Carr, blame Brandon Carr, because he's been a very solid guy. Uh, He's a guy they can depend on. uh, But this is a guy who hasn't lived up to the five-year, $50 million contract. Now, they gave it to him, uh, but I, I think the fact that that has not panned out it's part of the reason, a big part of the reason you're seeing them really draw the line more this year than they
0: have in recent years. I, I agree with that, but I want to go back to the whole the, the running back question here. I, I'm I'm intrigued by the idea as as I pointed out in the past here. Uh, you know, I, when you have a premium pick in every round, I, I think it's incumbent upon you to make the best pick you can get there from a standpoint of talent. You know, not just what a need is, but but talent. And to me. Uh, I, I, you know, as we know, Alfred Morris's numbers have gone down every year, and and uh, I think Alfred is going to be what twenty eight this year. Yes, Uh huh. So he's going to be twenty eight years old. You're not going to give him a big contract. It's probably just going to be a one year deal. I would imagine. Maybe a two year deal. I, I, I don't know what he can get at this point. What, 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 what is he in the market for? Do you think?
2: Well, that's a, that's another reason. You know, this is his first visit, and uh, so I think he had. Uh, his numbers dropped off so much last year, and there has been a four-year decline of, of, of his numbers dropping in each and every season. Uh, I think it is going to be—you uh, you go back to what Darren McFadden got last year. It's going to be, a, you know, I think a, a modest two-year deal.
1: That's not—I sur- uh, mean, it's—it's it's not surprising that his numbers have dropped because if his numbers had not dropped, he wouldn't be out out there uh, looking, exactly. for, looking looking for a job now. What about Patrick? Yeah. What about Patrick Robinson? You
2: know, he's a guy who was uh, a starter for New Orleans on one of the, I believe, statistically the worst defense in NFL history. Uh, Went to San Diego, uh, you know, played pretty well. Uh, Didn't play poorly, uh, but they, you know, got someone better, so they they let him go. He's a uh, a solid guy. I believe he's 28 as well, I want to say. Again, he's a guy they they just want to put into the mix. You could play some uh, slot corner uh can also go outside. You know, a lot of these guys that they brought in can play slot corner. And, and I think that's a recognition that while uh Orlando Skandrick has done a very good job of that in the past and you can argue that's his best spot, uh, you know, he moved in as a starter on the outside and, and maybe they don't want to keep putting him inside all the time or at least they want to have the flexibility where they don't have to do that all the time. So uh Robinson, I think, uh, again, a, a stronger tackler. Uh, I think they want to improve their tackling in the secondary, and that, that sounds silly, but uh, you do have some corners that aren't necessarily good tacklers, and, and Dallas has had a lot of those through the years, uh, and that's an area they want to improve. So uh, he, he would fit in there. Like I say, I think I think they would still like Carr, but they would say, look, um, you know what? Uh, this, this is the number. This, this is what we can pay you. This is what your performance Uh, is worth over these last two years. So, you know, do you want to do this or do you want to take your chance on the open market?
0: So, clearly, what they do in free agency, and and these have not been really exciting uh, pickups so far, just one from outside the organization, uh, Cedric Thornton, to play the defensive tackle position, maybe a little bit of defensive end. Uh, But these clinics to me indicate how they're going to draft. So they're going to when they look at this situation with free agents that are available, they're bringing in a, an offensive guy, they're bringing in a defensive guy. They figure out which numbers work the best, and they go that way. And then that dictates maybe how they go in the early rounds of the draft. Is that fair to say?
2: Yeah, and you know they, they will say publicly their their stance is that they want to they want to shore up each position to the point where when they're on the draft board, they can draft irregardless of position. They go strictly on talent. So they want to plug in another, you know, a a defensive end, if you will, uh, so you don't have to go defensive end. Now, I I think that's a bad example because you have some blue-chip defensive end. Give us a
1: good good example, David.
2: Well, you know, uh, running back is one. And like we said, the defensive tackle is one. Um, You know, you're sitting there and – you don't really value defensive tackle highly in your system, as we've seen, uh, but if you have the, the the defensive tackles your top-rated guy early in the second round when you pick, with the third pick in the second round, well, you're not going to take a defensive tackle now. You're going to say, you know what, uh, in our system this, this running back is, is a better fit right here. This linebacker, this outside linebacker uh, can have a greater impact in our system. Since we're covered here, let's not do that. So it's it's covering your your threadbare positions where you don't, where you're not mandated, where you have to take a player at that position, maybe in a higher round than what you would like to do. And uh, you know, Stephen Jones was, was saying uh, when these meetings got underway on Sunday, he said, "Look, uh, I understand the frustration out there uh, from people of what we're doing or not doing in free agency, but we're not sticking our head in the stands here." And uh, you know what? What we're this is all about the draft. We're really going to have to improve with the draft, and we should improve with this draft. And that's where the the primary focus is as far as improvement this off season for the Cowboys.
0: All right, let's talk about that fourth pick now. We haven't talked about that yet, and there's always speculation about what it's going to be, who they're going to take this time this this week, David. Who is your pick for the Cowboys with the fourth pick?
2: I would go. I would think Bosa at this point.
0: Really, you like uh, you? You think they like Bosa better than Ramsey?
2: I think they like both. I think that Bosa, if if they're close, and, and again, there's still a lot of discussion to be had here uh, internally, uh, is what I'm told with them. But just the position itself, you know, I, I think a lot of people are saying, well, uh, Ramsey is, is a corner, but maybe safety is his best position. Uh, Bosa is a defensive end. That is a blue chip position. Uh, they value that more highly than any other position on the defensive side of the ball. Even corner, corner would be second. Uh, but if you have a guy who's a hybrid, a corner slash safety, uh, that versatility is nice. But I would say Bosa is a defensive end for a team that uh, needs to get more pressure on the quarterback. Now, now the thing with Bosa is, as we've talked about, he's not this this quick twitch. Uh, you know, e- explosive speed sort of defensive end. He does it with leverage, he does it with uh, uh, good hand placement and hand battling um, and, and he's not necessarily a uh, a guy who's going to get 16 to 18 sacks a year. He's a guy who's a 10 to 12 sack guy. Uh, a lot of people will say, well, four is high to go with a defensive end who is not going to be uh, a 16 to 18 guy. But Uh, look at what they have in the defensive line, look at the attention they placed on the defensive line in recent years. And I would go back to what happened when Jason Garrett first took over as the head coach. Uh, What did they do? They addressed the offensive line draft after draft after draft. I believe they're doing the same thing with the defensive line at this point.
1: What about Miles Jack? Is he out of the equation now?
2: I don't think he's out of the equation because he's he's such a talent. Uh, but the question is the knee, um, and you, you look at in this league uh, linebackers and their longevity. Uh, it's that's something else to consider in the equation. That, that's another reason why uh, it, as as attractive as it would be to some to take Ezekiel as a running back up there at number four. Uh, what is the longevity of running backs in the league today? And when you look at running backs and linebackers now, uh, their careers are shorter than just about all the other positions. So I think that's another thing that impacts them going really high, unless they're a special, special talent.
1: Can we? But can we make the argument that if they uh, picked Ezekiel Elliott, that would help uh, Tony Romo immensely and perhaps uh, elongate his career beyond what does Jerry Jones say? Five years, the next five, four or five seasons. Well, he says that every other year. As, well, I think
0: it's pointing out before that has now become eight or nine years.
1: Yeah. So, but but th- would Elliott help Tony Romo's uh, longevity? Do you think?
2: No or- question. I think so. I think so. Now, um, again, but I think I think they're sitting there saying, okay. Um, but if it's this guy, Adrian Peterson, is this guy? You know, I think they felt that about Gurley last year. I thought they felt, they felt Dallas uh, believed that Gurley was, was close to the same sort of back as an Adrian Peterson. And, and that's what, not just Dallas, I think a lot of clubs are doing that these days. If they don't feel, you know, this running back is going to be a generational sort of running back, uh, he's going to slide down the, down the charts a little bit. Uh, as as well he should. picking up. Yeah, as well yeah. as
0: well he should. I mean, that's what, you know, and Gurley was that back. I mean, uh, you know, here was a guy who, how many games did Gurley miss uh, because of injury? I think it was, what, two, three, four games? At the games? start of the season. At the start correct? of the season. Yeah. And then he came on and he was great. He was exactly what everybody thought he was. I, I, listen, that that's my point about that fourth pick. You know, I, I realize they have a need at defensive end. Uh, and I realize that defensive end is a premium position. But I think you outlined very well what the, what the problems are uh, with Joey Bosa. Here's a guy who's not explosive, and it's okay to be a guy who uses leverage and uses his hands well and has a good motor in college where he's going up against tackles who aren't nearly as good as the tackles he's going to see in the NFL. And so, to me, that's, that's the issue with that. With that fourth pick, and I, I, I put the quarterbacks outside that, that thing because they're not going to play right away. If you decide one of those quarterbacks is not worth the fourth pick, with that fourth pick, you have to take, in my mind, The very best talent available because it's easy to look at the draft now and say, this is what you need. But what everybody does a year, two years, three years, five years after that draft says they go back and they look down this draft list and they go, oh, my gosh, this team didn't take Adrian Peterson. You know, these eight teams didn't take him. That's all anybody sees at that point. Everybody wants to look at how good are the players coming out of this draft when when you're drafting with with a top 5 pick then you need to be getting a top 5 talent this guy needs to be somebody who's going to make a real impact and and when that guy is a is a a player a transcendent kind of player it doesn't matter what position he plays in my mind
1: so you take Carson Wentz if they determined he is the fourth pick the fourth pick,
0: yeah, absolutely I, I take I, you rate your board up there, and whoever 's gone, this guy 's the top, but then you have got, to have
1: faith in the people doing the rating of the picks and do you have absolute
0: faith in that well, I think they 've done better with the with these early picks you know that the problem for me with the cowboys and will McClay and what he's been able to do, and I'm assuming that that will has a has, he doesn't have the final call, but he has certainly more say than anybody else in the room. Is that they, they, they're getting the first round guy right. They're just not getting the, the third, fourth, and fifth round guys right necessarily. They have some, you know, that they have gotten. Anthony Hitchens for one in the fourth round. That was a pretty good pickup, you know. So, uh, but they, they need to be hitting more of those. And that's why I keep pointing out the fact that they have, these are all premium picks in every one of these rounds. You know, not just the first round, but every one of these rounds. So they need to get all of them right. But I just really believe that, and, and, I, and I, get the, I get what David's saying about the, 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 the Jalen Ramsey position because he may be more of a safety than a quarterback. But you know what? Uh, the Seahawks have gone a long way with two really good safeties. You know, uh, and and so I believe Byron Jones can be one of those safeties. I think he is going to be that kind of player. He's he's going to be a safety in the NFL. I don't think he's going to end up playing cornerback. And I think Ramsey probably won't end up being a cornerback either. He may be one if they drafted him. He may be one this year, but I don't think he would be maybe in two years. I think they would probably move him back if they got another player. But if you think Jalen Ramsey is a transcendent defensive back, whether he's playing cornerback or safety, then I think you ought to take him.
2: Another thing, let's put a twist on this argument. What we were talking about running back earlier with Ezekiel, where we said again, you know, if he's not a generational guy, he's going to slide. Uh, the other thing, they've invested a lot in this offensive line, and they believe that uh, this offensive line can make a very good running back, an outstanding running back. Uh, so that's another reason to devalue them a little bit. But 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 now let's flip this argument around. Okay, you only have Tony Romo for four to five more years you're hesitant to take a running back because after his first contract you may not want to pay him the big money and based on what we've seen in the league maybe you start to see decline in production Well, doesn't this match up with the rest of Tony Romo's career and if you're doing everything you can to win now and put the best team on the field with Tony Romo why wouldn't you flip this formula and go look if our team was at a different stage of development it doesn't make a lot of sense to take a deep deal here for all these other reasons but what if we can take a transcendent back and put him behind a transcendent offensive line? Then what do we have, and does that make it? And how does this mesh with the time that Tony Romo has left?
1: Right. That, that I hel- think
2: you can flip that argument right there, and suddenly you go, "Well, wait a minute. Why aren't you talking about this more?"
1: Yeah, th- that helps. The that helps uh, obviously, hopefully helps uh, Tony Romo. But I think I think when we talk about the, a window of opportunity here, I think Jerry Jones is. Uh, has also got to be considered. He wants to win for Jerry Jones wants to win for Jerry Jones. He's 72, 73 years old now. Three. 73. And he wants he 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 can he can taste how, how many how many billions would he give up for a Super Bowl David? What do you think? Would he give up a billion? <laughs> would, he, would he would he sacrifice a billion dollars for a Super Bowl Lombardi trophy? A
2: billion's a lot. He's got
1: a lot. But but,
0: but what if he wait, gives wait, us listen, a, I want David to What if Alan Pepper wrote the other day that there was one? Of, there are only five estates in Highland Park that are multi-acre uh, estates. Oh, only you five. only you read the Highland Park news. This is really good stuff, though. Okay. And the, and the Crows own two of those, okay. and one of them is for sale for almost sixty million dollars. Are you sixty are, million? Did you bid? No, even a bid. Uh, Ed Cox has another one, and uh, and Jerry Jones has one of those five original
1: multi-acre estates in Highland Park. And the, your point, what, what's your point? Would he give that up? Would he give that up, David? I think, I think he would give. I know a billion dollars is a lot of money to some people, uh, not, not to all of us. Yeah. But I, I think he would give up a billion dollars to, to be standing there and receiving the Lombardi trophy from his good friend Roger Goodell.
2: Okay, I, I believe that, first of all, let's, let's start with the home. Would he give up his Highland Park home? I think you would have to consult with someone else in the household before the deal was actually done. Yeah. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: All right. But, d- but maybe there's may tell- a dynamic in place there that is not just. This is not just a Jerry question. Okay. Uh, a, a, a billion. Well, you're going to say if you win another Super Bowl with the high-profile team franchise, you are anyway. You're adding. You're adding value to the franchise. Uh that a, a billion seems a lot. I, I think certainly a half a billion. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. I'll, I'll I'll give away a half a billion of Jerry's money to win another
0: Super Bowl. What, what, uh, what Barry is not c- taking into consideration here is that the one thing Jerry likes almost as much as winning is making money.
1: He does, but there has to—is th- th- that the end all for him? Is is th- does he just want his bank account to grow and grow and grow? Which he does, obviously. The answer is yes. But I think he desperately, desperately wants to win. A non Jimmy Johnson related. Sure Super he does.
0: Ball. Sure he does. But I don't. I I I think that the question of whether he he likes winning or money better. I think it's a very good question. I think that's that's really even. I think that's the kind of thing even Jerry doesn't know. What do I want more, money or winning?
1: I th- uh, he's got all he he can never spend all the money. He it has. doesn't
0: make any difference. You don't understand but, rich people. See, all they do is all they want all, is more money. All they, okay,
2: but, yeah. but see, I would argue, people in this position, it's always about what they don't have at the moment. If you have more money than success as a football team, then you want the success with the football team. If you have success with the football team, then you want to make more money. So it's always about what, what is, is out of balance at that moment, which is more important to you. And, and I, but, I, but I don't think you can separate the two. I think they're, I think they're tied together. And, and, and here's the other thing on Jerry. Jerry would be willing to take a big hit financially because then he has the challenge of going and making it back up and making even more, so Jerry is Jerry has shown throughout his career he's not afraid to lose money. Will you do me uh, a favor?
1: Yes. Will you do me a favor? Will you ask Jerry that question when you run into him today? <laughs> it, it probably in the spa, or or wherever you wherever you run into Jerry today on that wave machine on the wave machine that you're, you're in front of. Ask him billion is a billion dollars or Super Bowl. Would you ask him that, and we tell him Barry Horn wants yeah, to know? Just
0: tell him that first. Just say I got a really stupid question that Barry Horn wants to ask.
1: Well, yes, I will preface it. Yeah, okay. yeah, very good thinking. But let, on to that
0: point, though, it's interesting to me to see the evolution of Jerry Jones as an owner. And I want to know, in your opinion, is that and by the evolution, what I mean is the fact that now the salary cap is 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 very manageable now, and now they are doing things that are are not uh, as flashy as they used to be now they are not signing Olivier Vernon as I advised them to do uh, they are doing the very prudent things how much of this is Stevens say and hold on the growing hold on the organization and how much of it is just Jerry finally just saying well okay yeah this is the better idea
2: well it's it's Stephen uh, exerting more influence it's Jerry feeling uh while this is privately owned, that he does he does have a sense that the Cowboys are a public trust, and he's always been very cognizant that that the most important part of his job at this stage of his career as Cowboys owner is to put a smooth transition of power into place for the time that he's no longer here. So I think he is uh, he's he's invested. Uh, his children and his family with leadership roles to step back and allow them to take on more and more over time. And he defers to them more now than he did, let's say, even three, four, five years ago. I I think he feels that uh, this is, that one, that that Stephen and and, and Charlotte have have earned this trust and have shown that they can run this franchise uh, in a very uh, good manner, one that he's comfortable with. And uh, so he doesn't need to insert himself into the middle of every single decision like he did before. This, this is always in, in, in a big way, this has been a part of his grand plan. He knew he was going to get to a stage where he was going to, Jerry will never phase himself out. I mean, the guy's a force of nature. Uh, and, and he can insert himself in the process whenever he wants and, and will. Uh, and that's what you have with a family dynamic. But the day-to-day decisions, a lot of the legwork, a lot of the negotiations that he used to do, he only swings in at the end now just to, and and is it, and updated. This, this is Stephen and Charlotte taking over uh, because they're going to be the face of the franchise going forward.
1: Char- Charlotte on the business side, right, and Steven on the football side, is that where you're? Yes. Mm-hmm. And where does that leave Jerry Jr.?
2: On the Internet side.
1: Uh, on the Internet side. Is he just on the Internet all day, or is he actually building the Internet?
2: I think he built
1: it along with Al Gore. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Very nice. Very David, nice. I, I know you're busy. I know you've got to run. I just want to thank you for joining us on this Ballsy Podcast that's also available on Facebook. And on Twitter, at Ballsy Podcast. And just, be and, sure to follow us and, there. and, David, do you know that Chuck Carlton will be with us also today to talk about the Big 12 and the uh, NCAA tournament? And from by, by the way, David, how's your bracket doing? How's my bracket
0: doing? Yeah.
2: There, there's a reason I never fill one out, uh, and <laughs> this this, this is it. was a reminded me of what a good decision but, that
1: always is. But the bracket <laughs> in your mind, your mind bracket is yeah. probably, probably has been blown. As 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 yeah. done. I you know I didn't do a bracket either this year because for the very same reason as David. And not only do we have Chuck Carlton today, David, are you ready for here? our other guest today? Will be Evan. I'm, braced. I'm Evan Grant will be talking Ranger baseball. He's also on the road in surprise. Are you, are it you, is a surprise. And and not only that, we'll also have Cole ha- a Cole Hamels interview. How's that? I thought that was from last week. No, no, no. No, this is, this is oh. breaking news right here, we have, breaking stuff. We're breaking news. Yeah. But seriously, thanks for being with us. Thanks for taking the time. <laughs> and go and, hey, go, and go and have a shrimp cocktail on us. Put it on uh, Kevin's expense account. Yeah. Oh, I'll do that, no question. All right, thanks, David. Thanks, David. Okay, thanks, guys. There. He's pretty perky today, isn't he?
0: Pretty perky. Well, you know, it's it's an hour later there, so you know he's he's up. Been up and, a and
1: now longer. he's he's he. We had to start early today on Monday because David said he, there would be a lot of work, a lot of owners coming his way, a lot of cowboy officials around lunchtime. So we we try to get him out of the way early today.
0: I think actually he was just getting on the wave machine. What? It was almost his turn. You know what that is, right? No, tell me. Yeah, they have one out at the State do, Fair. Do they, they have, have one in Highland Park? Where, they, no, no, no. They, at they at Jerry's one. house? They have one at the State Fair. It's one of these deals, and they have that water shooting up, and they have guys out there on their little, those little uh, tiny surfboard type things. Yes, not real I, I
1: really did know what it was.
0: Fun, it looks like it'd be fun. I don't want to do it, but it looks like it'd be There's fun. There's a
1: lot of things that are fun that I don't want to do no, at, at our advanced, at our, our advanced age. That's just At this point in my life, I just want to be able to cross the street.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, there's some danger in that too. as we know.
1: So, so let's sign off on this uh, Cowboys podcast and uh, remind everyone where they can find it. They can find it on
0: Twitter at Ballsy they found Podcast. It listening, and also on Facebook,
1: and you can find it at uh, SportsDayDFW.com. And also, don't forget to try to listen to the our Evan Grant podcast on the Rangers today, and the uh, Final Four college with Chuck, with Chuck Carlton. Bye, everybody. Bye.